Dynasty Theory is now a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts, and we could not be more excited. Tune in each and every week when we provide actionable advice to help you navigate through the crazy world of Dynasty Fantasy Football. We're always diving into quickly changing values, market inefficiencies, and opportunities to help you build those dynasties. Make sure you also check out the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Enjoy. Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E. I'm an addict and I need it in my veins. I'm an addict. Otherwise, I feel plain now. Every day I wake up, people got a problem. Making all these trades up. Got me singing, got em, but I've been paid up. I even started from the bottom. See, I don't wait up. I ain't even playing possum. So what it cost them just a couple of firsts. Can't believe that it worked. Not to say I'm a jerk, but I'm an addict. It's what I said in the first. You can curse who you want. You can pray in your church, but I'ma keep tapping return. I win up, I learn. I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn. I'ma win as a turn. He had a cheek before I drop you like the beat. I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed. I'm an addict. I'm reclining with the brain. I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing. I'm an addict. Russell Rocky. Other names. Trade addicts five. Let's go. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Pacella, and I also have a trading problem. I am Ryan McDowell, and I have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Session 239 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a member of the DLF family of podcasts, also a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts (sighs) Podcast (laughs) Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we will. I am winded. I am out of breath just at the sight of Ryan McDowell on our screen right now. That's really, (laughs) it has nothing to do with my kids running me ragged, knowing that I needed to be down here. And they're just every excuse in the book possible. I'm thirsty. So get yourself a drink. What am I? You're nine. You don't need me to get you everything. Just like trying to like pull at me to not get down here on time. And they succeeded. I was not down here on time, but we're here. We are surviving. <laughs> we almost made it through another week without injury, and then injuries just kept happening. Uh, um, oh, man, I didn't even write one of them on here because we don't even know the real answer to it, but, but we're not going to get into it. We need, like, just a week where I don't get sidetracked with how sad everything is and, and you know, then remember that, oh, wait, no, we need to actually keep talking before we get to, to sad things. So Ryan McDowell is our guest. Ryan, for people who live under a rock, why don't you let everyone know who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Sure, sure. Um, who I am? Wow. Uh, Ryan McDowell. I That's am a deep question, Russ. Yeah, the, I mean, this, <laughs> there's a lot there, and there's not that much there. No, I uh, I am a writer and podcaster for DynastyLeagueFootball.com. You can find pretty much all of my work over there. Um, yeah, I, I do a few other things. Uh, run some run some mocks every month, get some ADP, uh, Locked on Dynasty. Yeah, a lot of things. All right. And yes, you. if you are not following Ryan, Ryan is... The godfather of Dynasty? Is that who you are? Are you just... I uh, mean, do you want to go down your list of nicknames while we're... 
Because I know <laughs> you just love bragging about all of it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, you know, I mean, I've never called myself that. I've been called that. Uh, I think that mostly is just uh, in reference to, you know, the gray hair and the. Yeah, it's just that everybody yeah, trying yeah. to find a clever way to call you old. That's... Right, exactly. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not aware of any other nicknames. They probably uh, probably wouldn't be so good. So we can skip the rest. Yeah, we, we just call you the rest behind your back. It's fine. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> All right. So we do. Like, I want to start, okay, so we are going to go out of order because I had a really crazy day today. You know, work felt like making me work. And then I had a work lunch. Lasted three hours. I'm like, what work lunch lasts three hours? Like, I had stuff I needed to do. (laughs) So, of course, when you say, hey, Ryan McDowell is going to be on our show, what, what should we talk about? What questions do you have? You get a lot of them. And we had... Uh, at Jim Milner too, say, ask him about Cam Akers with the Henderson news. And I'm just sitting here just like, what, what Henderson news? What, what happened? <laughs> and, and then I, like I said, been running around like crazy with my kids. I come down here, open the show sheet and Rocky added Daryl, Daryl Henderson waved. What's going on there? Like, I know I don't like running backs. <laughs> now the NFL doesn't like but the NFL, backs. like first, you know, and now, Henderson and Melvin, and Melvin and, oh yeah, I didn't even write that on here. Melvin Gordon got, you know, waves also. I think that was yesterday. Like, the NFL just don't care. Like, they're here to realize that running back is replaceable. So, I guess, let's jump into this. Ryan, do you think it is a statement of Cam Akers or Kyron Williams Yes, that um, <laughs> they just decided that Darrell Henderson no more? Um, I think it's probably a lot of things. Um, I mean, specifically with this situation with the Rams, um, I mean, Henderson, Akers, well, like none of these guys have, have honestly been successful this season. That and, and, you know, part of that is Rams offensive line. Part of it is the Rams offense in general. But um, none of these running backs have been able to consistently uh, put anything together. Henderson as as the veteran is he probably upset that he's now sharing carries with um this unproven rookie and and this guy that they were ready to dump a couple weeks ago yeah he's he's probably not happy with that he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season and I I think it's I think it was just kind of one of those mutual parting of the ways that's the story that we got with Eno Benjamin in Arizona as well that he was not happy with uh with his role diminishing and it's probably the same deal with with melvin in denver so i mean thinking big picture it is kind of what you said that the nfl doesn't value running backs uh i mean way more teams than not are going to use two or three running backs on a weekly basis and it's hurting the the fantasy value of uh, of individual running backs because, you know, we just, I mean, we just can't count on them uh, to produce consistently. Um, I mean, Henderson, Melvin Gordon, at this point of his career, they're just, they're just guys, right? They're nothing special. Um, they'll, they'll latch on somewhere. I would expect, I mean, Baltimore needs some help. Um, you know, there's, there's contending teams that could, could use some running backs, but, I I think uh, I think it boils down to these guys not being special talents. 
do you think it is worthwhile to, if you're a competing team, you're probably not paying too much for Latavius Murray or, I mean, Connor and Akers. Like maybe you're paying for Akers a little bit. Like, is it worthwhile to go out of your way to go after these players? Or is it all coming back to NFL doesn't care about running backs at this point. Neither, none of them are going to really be backfield leaders, fantasy league winners, or is there someone in here that you feel is worthwhile to go after? And why is the answer Kyron Williams? <laughs> uh, the answer could be Kyron Williams because he's still cheap. I mean, in a lot of dynasty leagues, he's still on the waiver wire. So uh, I'm, I would be much more willing to take a shot on, on a guy like him versus paying probably a second rounder for cam Akers. Uh, I mean, I, I think we, I think we've kind of learned our lesson with Cam Akers. Uh, at least we should have. And it's not to say he can't bounce back and have some success. But again, if if any other team in the league wanted him, he wouldn't be on the Rams roster right now. Fair. Yeah, I, I agree with Ryan. I, I'm, I would only go after someone super cheap. Like if someone's willing to sell Kyron Williams for uh, a third or something like that. Uh as you said, we we've seen that the Rams' offensive line is pretty bad. And another thing with all these situations you just mentioned is, <clears throat> if you're talking about targeting the guys left behind, all these teams are, uh, I guess, uh, except with the exception of the well, no, even the Cardinals aren't a very good team. So, uh, like you're talking teams that with not great offenses. Kyler's hurt for the Cardinals too. I guess he'll be back soon, but it's not like they've been gangbusters this year. So. Uh, it's not really a great situation. It's not like you expect any of the guys left behind are getting major volume uh, anyway. Like Latavius is not all of a sudden going to get 20 carries a game. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would, yeah, I mean, you can get these guys, you probably get Latavius for a third probably. I guess the the, the manager would probably win a second just because of the, the recent Gordon news, but pretty soon you could probably get him for a third again. Um, well, I couldn't put this on the sheet because it wasn't a trade addicts league, but I got him for a third and a fourth in a league yeah. and felt completely fine about it. You know, kind of one of those things where I hope I don't have to play him, but yeah, yeah it was one of those things where it was someone sent it to me and I'm like, that's cheap enough. That's fine. I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, I'll send a third for almost anybody that might score like 10 points. So <laughs> you put him in your lineup once yeah. and it feels worth it. Yes. <sighs> okay. So let's go to our next piece of news where. I don't know. Do we want to? No, we're we're going to go to happy. We're going happy. Jameson Williams is set to practice this week, and that's awesome because, in my rational mind, it would make sense to get him back this season so he can get his NFL feet under him, so he's ready to go next season. NFL GMs don't always seem rational you know so i'm really happy to see him out there see him practicing and it's because he is like this last bit of unknown value <laughs> in you know coming out of this rookie draft you know, we've seen a, even through all of their injuries we've seen a bit of dotson we see a bit of burks i'm still waiting for that david bell breakout um but we just we we've seen literally nothing of jameson williams and here he is he's coming to practice uh uh either of you uh Rocky, I don't think we've even talked about Jameson Williams that much. Are you a Jameson Williams guy? Is he one of these players you're going to go try and acquire before he gets on the field so you can hopefully get him a little cheaper before he just pulls a Christian Watson? Uh, I am a Jameson Williams guy. He was uh, 
just based on like watching him, he was my wide receiver with not factoring in the injury. He was my wide receiver too, just just based on, on what I saw uh, when I watched some of his college stuff. And I think I think for this season, I mean, I don't think you're going to get that much from him production wise. I think that they're, I could see them like I've I've mentioned. I I don't know if it was on here. It might have been on junkies, but I know I've mentioned before that he can he can do the you know he can be the deep threat he can do that for you but he also has a lot more to his game he can be an all-around receiver but i could see him using using him to like pull the defense and things like that and not really using him in the overall game especially with him you know just coming back now and not wanting to stress him too much just kind of use him as as a way to to open up things for everybody else so uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see him on the field and I like him a lot, but I don't think you're going to get a lot for him this year. I would, I would definitely be willing to buy him. Uh, I don't know that, you know, no one's going to pay at first, I think for him necessarily until they see him. Uh, but no one's definitely going to sell him for a second. So it might, it might be kind of a weird, you might have to maybe sell him, sell a vet for him or something like that. I don't think you're going to get him for a pick. Um, Anything to add to that, Ryan, your feelings on Jameson? And are you making any plans to either acquire or trade away before he gets on the field? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him back as well. You know, we heard from uh, from Dan Campbell kind of some conflicting reports over the past few weeks. There was expectation at one point that he'd be back around now, honestly, around the midseason. And then he would throw out those statements of, you know, we hope to see him on the field at some point this year. And, and that was, that was a little scary to hear that, that he might miss the entire season. So good to see him back. I thought it was interesting because once they, you know, once they activate the the window for these players that they only have so many, you know, so many weeks and interesting to see them do that on what's going to be a very short week for them uh, with, with the game on Thursday. So um, I think I, Maybe it's reading too much into it, but I take that as a good sign that he's he's close to uh, actually being ready, potentially, that they, they didn't wait until after the Thanksgiving Day game for that. Um, as far as buying or selling, I, yeah, I'm with Rocky. I mean, he's going to be a tough buy right now because uh, Dynasty Managers spent a first-round pick on him. And uh, nothing, you know, we haven't seen anything, obviously, to talk us out of that value. I think if anything... We've seen Swift take a step back. We've seen TJ Hawkinson gone uh, from that team. We've seen uh, DJ Chark prove, unfortunately, he can't stay on the field. And uh, the path is is wide open for Jamison Williams to play a real role as soon as he is healthy. Um, he hasn't really lost any value. You look back at his May ADP, according to DLF, it was 54 overall. Uh, current ADP is 56 overall. So uh, essentially the exact same value he had uh, post NFL draft, uh, despite, uh, you know, despite not being on the field yet. Uh, so 23 picks are just immeasurable at this point. Either side, if he's on your team or you want him on your team, does a 24 first get it done? Would you send one and would you take one for Jameson? I would not send one. Um, I think I probably would take one. Honestly, uh, I think I think we're going to see him be an inconsistent player. Um, you know, more and more, I'm I'm getting worried. Maybe it's maybe it's just uh, recency bias with with the J.K. Dobbins situation and and a few other players. But 
Um, the ACL injury seemed to be getting worse, not better, as far as uh, the um, the healing process and, and getting back to uh, being an impactful player. So I certainly hope we see that from Williams, but um, as good as the 23 class is, 24 is, is going to be very good as well. And and uh, getting a first from, from that year instead of 23 would be okay. I think uh, I think I would send a twenty four first for him, mm-hmm. uh, just because I, I was very intrigued by the tape, and I, my hope would be, and Brian's right, he could definitely be inconsistent, especially because of the injury, um, but, but and you know being so far behind. But I, I would hope by twenty twenty four he'll be as good and at least worth that first rounder at that time, uh, just because I believe in the talent that much. So. I think I would because you are waiting two years for it. And, and in 2024, he could at least be a, a wide receiver too at that point. Whereas you don't know that, that what that pick's going to be. Again, the, the pick could end up being, uh, you know, the 101 in some stud quarterback. You don't know. But uh, but I just, I, I think it's just I was so enamored with the talent, seeing what I saw on tape that I, I, I like getting him uh, and having him then. I mean, I know these are, these are always the conversations we have to have. And, and these are the terms that we, we speak in when you're talking trade, but it, it's, it's a matter of opportunity cost, right? If, if, if you agree with the ADP and Williams is in that 50 to 60 range, 56 overall right now, if you're ready to flip that first, can you get, can you get a guy that's 45 instead of 56 or, you know, like if I'm, if I'm selling that first, if I'm using that as, as the chip, to make my team better or to take a shot on a player, a young player that I like, I've, I've got to shop around. I, I have to see if I can find one that, uh, that is better off or, or that is worth more than Williams. In 12 team Superflex, the DLF trade analyzer has a mid 23 first and Jamison Williams literally next to each other. So, I mean, that's, that's coming in strong. And like you said, the players around him, I mean, I'll go up a little bit. The DLF trade analyzer is just a little too low on Justin Fields right now. Going to put that out there. We need that new (laughs) ADP in there fast. Uh, Travis Etienne, Travis Kelsey, Garrett Wilson, Javante, Chris Godwin, Najee Harris, Trey Lance. Like those are the players. I mean, if you want to get a little older, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. Like those are the players around Jamison Williams in the trade analyzer value-wise. If I'm rebuilding, I still take Garrett Wilson over right. Jameson yeah. Williams. I had Garrett Wilson over him before in general, so that's not going to change. Even though it's hilarious, hilarious is the wrong word because he's a human being. I'm sorry, but Stack Wilson might get benched already. Like, <laughs> but like, still, I believe in Garrett I've been Wilson. It. But like, yeah, youth wise, like he's like that's a solid island for those two wide receivers that. I feel like I would be okay. I mean, again, I don't want to send my mid-23 first, but like if I can throw a 24 first and someone who's willing to forgo the 23 because those picks are already solidified on the teams they have because no one wants to move them, I would send a 24 first for Jamison, I think. Mostly because 24 is far away, and if I want another pick, I can trade for another pick at some point or another. Like that's the danger of, of future picks. It's just like, nah, whatever, I can get another one later. And then in my head, it means I don't, you know, I don't know what the heck on my team I'm going to send to get it, but you know, whatever, it'll be mine. That's all that matters. Right. That's not how that works. But yeah, I, I don't, 
I have like one share of him. I'm probably now going to go see. I know I have a few rebuilding teams with multiple 24 firsts. I might go try and send for Jameson Williams for one or two on one or two of them. But let's let's get to speaking of we talked about Justin Fields. So let's just move into that. Justin Fields dislocated his non-throwing shoulder. First of all, non-throwing. But I have seen everything from day to day to might be the end of his season. And that's not cool to do that <laughs> to me and us. Are you okay? Rocky and I were on another show that I'm completely blanking on the name of it yesterday. And I'm so, so sorry. Um, and we were talking about our rankings of Justin Fields and how we have him I th- around that eight-ish area. I think yeah, it was. it was in there. Yeah, I think I had him eight. Yeah, and according to... Oh, man, I switched away from ADP, like, at the worst possible time, right? Um, so I guess while I'm clicking buttons, Ryan, where do you have Justin Fields right now in your QB rankings? Is he top 10? Oh, I mean, certainly top 10. Uh, I don't I don't think there's uh, much of a question of that. Uh, I will say on the latest uh, DLF podcast, um, we did a quarterback only draft and guys, this thing got ugly quickly, yep. but, uh, um, in that mock draft, uh, again, quarterbacks only focused on really the tiers and kind of identifying some of these risers like fields, like, uh, Jalen hurts where, where they would go. Uh, fields went ninth overall. Um, he did go behind Tua, which I, I would have him ranked uh, ahead of Tua Tungavaloa. Um, so I guess I would have him, I guess I would have him eighth, um, maybe, maybe even potentially higher. Uh, he's close with Kyler Murray for me at this point. Weird. Oh, I, I put him at 10. Uh, we did this rankings the other day. Let's see. I had seven was Tua, Lamar, Dak, and then Justin Fields. I, I think I went with the safety of Lamar and Dak ahead of Fields, but if I were drafting, I would probably take Fields over the two of them. Yeah, but I mean, I, L- I, Lamar at, uh, at seven or eight or whatever that was is is maybe a discussion to have too. But I mean, well, I guess that's not fair. I kind of scoffed at your top ten question uh, and then said he was ranked eighth. So uh, I mean, that just goes to show that just goes to show how how top heavy quarterback is right now because you're yeah. you've got Fields who's in this having this breakout season and uh, I mean, is on an, an unbelievable stretch and then it's Dak and, you know, maybe Deshaun Watson and throw Trevor Lawrence in there. And then, and then who, right? We, we hope Trey Lance is the real thing, but we have really no idea. And then it's Carr and Stafford and cousins. And you are yeah, literally yeah. Almost listing in order the people like how, my rankings how like, sad it is that russell wilson wasn't even mentioned there <laughs> he's, well he's, i will tell you what I we got, thought going into the season i mean yeah yeah i took uh not to spoil the whole draft we did but i, I got russell wilson with the uh 22nd overall pick oh, wow. and again that was that was quarterbacks only so he went behind malik willis and he went behind geno oh, smith goodness and, um it's it's the pete carroll system that's that's what it was Malik Willis, though, man. I mean, Malik Willis may never start a game. 
Well, listen, talk to Matt well, Price you know, about that one. As the starter, <laughs> you know, non-injury start, yeah. I mean, Matt is uh, terrible at fantasy football, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the, the quarterback, the whole quarterback landscape is is so weird right now because you have this elite production, you know, the group of, of Allen Mahomes and, and Hertz and Herbert, Lamar Jackson, whoever you want to include in that, that top tier, those top couple of tiers are as good as we've had in 20 years. Right. Um, But then the drop off is, is huge. What's, what's got you worried about Lamar Jackson? Why is he so low? He doesn't seem to have a dependable ceiling anymore. Uh, First of all, that team needs to not fall apart every once in a while. Like I feel like it's been three straight years where they've just been crushed by injuries. And when one piece of that offense is missing, the passing game dies, even if it's the running back that's missing. Like when we saw Dobbins go down and Ingram was gone and I mean, Devonta Freeman was doing the best Devonta Freeman could, but Lamar's scores were terrible that season because they couldn't pass the ball because they didn't need to defend the run all that much. And, and then even when like, you know, Dobbins did good for two or three games at the beginning of the year. And then Bateman got hurt. And then Lamar stopped scoring points again. And then Andrews got hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, our, I mean, something needs to happen. Like, they need to just, like, load up this offense and stop trying to be skimpy about it. Because while we, it's clear that offense is running back, quarterback, one wide receiver, and one tight end and offensive lineman. But like well, they need I mean, more re- than that on their staff. They like they need yeah, better players. They need, better they need depth. more depth. Yeah. The reality is, and I mean, we like J.K. Dobbins. You know, he was a day two pick, and he was he's been a high dynasty pick, and we like Rashad Bateman. Same same thing for him. We really don't know if those guys are good. Both of those players have missed the majority of the past two seasons, mm-hmm. and are are they actually good NFL players? We don't know. So. Do they have a, a good running back on that team? I don't know. Do they have a good wide receiver on that team? I don't know. They've got Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. That's it. Yeah. That's really all they have. Which is all and, the more reason to load it up more, like Russ was saying. Yeah. That's, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that like that's my big problem. And it's they've never the closest they tried to do that was having Hollywood and Bateman at the same time. And then they traded away Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it, I guess their hand was maybe forced on that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not concerned with Lamar uh, yet. Yeah, assuming they can add some pieces, like we've talked about. I, I'm with you, Ryan. I still had on the show we did yesterday. I still had him at five, so I, I, I still think the ceiling's there. The 2022 ceiling may not be there with all the injuries and and. Uh, basically only having a uh, banged up Andrews right now to throw to, but, but I still think for a dynasty ranking, I, I still have him a little higher. Yeah. But okay. Before we do move on, I don't think I even asked the actual question. Um, Ryan, like, do you believe this Justin Fields stuff is real or is this flash in a pan, lightning in a bottle, all those other horrible cliches that I'm <laughs> blanking on more of as far as the production or the injury, the production, sorry, like the play. Um, I mean, I think we need to find some balance here, right? Like, um, as, as fun as it is, 
And as, as great as the fantasy scores are, there's got to be more passing and less running. And, and those are some of the same conversations that we had with Lamar and, and are still having evidently. And, and that we had with Jalen hurts, like they just, they need to improve the weapons on that team too. Oh, yeah. I mean, Darnell Mooney can't be your wide receiver one. It, it just can't happen. So um, I don't think, I don't think fields is a bad passer. Um, the, the numbers aren't great this year, obviously. I mean, when, when you dig deep into, you know, even some of the, the PFF type numbers, he's, he's, he ranks in the bottom, uh, you know, the bottom third of most of those categories. Uh but I think just as we've seen with, with those other running quarterbacks, he can improve uh, given uh, better surrounding uh, surrounding pieces. So, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely for real. I don't know what took the Bears coaching staff so long to to kind of let him uh, let him free and let him run. Uh, but it's been uh, it, it's been fun watching him the past few weeks. I am worried about the injury. I mean, from a short term standpoint. If it, it seems like if they do the right thing based on what we've heard about this injury, he won't play again this season, right? Like we, we know they want to lose games. We know this injury is at least somewhat serious. Like just, just pack it in. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's probably not what they will do. Uh, but, but we'll see. I mean, they are still bad right like they they're still losing games even though he's doing well so yeah there's absolutely no reason to again assuming rational thinking of the front (laughs) office put a giant bag of ice on that man's shoulder and just sit him down like well they do yeah they're they're two weeks from their bye they have they have one of the late buys so could he sit the next two weeks have that week 14 bye and and then come back and finish out the season that's probably the most logical, uh, but again, I'm sure people with them on the, on their SFB rosters are loving hearing that. Well, hey, <laughs> you know, I, I uh, Russ and played I in, yeah, Russ played in a uh, a crazy league that I I've put together called Sniper Active this year, and uh, players are changing. It's a it's a redraft league, and players are changing hands every week, and. About six weeks ago, I, I won a game and got to steal a player. And uh, I couldn't decide if I was going to steal um, Dak Prescott or Dalvin Cook. And I ultimately ended up stealing Justin Fields. And he's carried me to the top of that league. But I had to drop him today uh, because, you know, you just you can't afford to take zeros on uh, in, in this format. Uh, so that was painful. But he's gone from my roster. We'll see if if somebody else takes a shot and maybe he clogs their roster up for a couple weeks. (laughs) I went unbeaten four straight weeks in that league and then scored the lowest score in the league the next week and got eliminated. It's it's a vicious league. (laughs) That that hurt my soul. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of hurting souls, let's just jump into the fact that Kyle Pitts tore his MCL. Mm, So what do we do? What is, Ryan, you're you're good at this game. Please tell me what what do we what is Kyle Pitts's value right now? What like is what should we do with Kyle Pitts in regards to, to dynasty fantasy football? Um, you know, I think it, I don't think this changes his value at all. Honestly, um, I, I I think what we've seen this this season, we were going to continue seeing uh, as far as 
um, limited production, inconsistent production. And, you know, part of that's Kyle Pitt's fault. And, and part of it is uh, most of it is certainly not. Uh, I think it could be argued that this injury and, and, and being done for the year actually helps his value. We're not going to see six more weeks of tight end 22, you know, two catches for 12 yards. We're not going to see that anymore. We, as far as Kyle Pitts as, as the dynasty asset is concerned, we can fast forward to 2023, to the off season, to thinking about next year, potentially a quarterback upgrade, um, and upgraded offense in general for the Falcons. And I think he's going to be right back in that, um, you know, tight end one, tight end two conversation in dynasty, probably a second rounder, not quite as valuable as he was, um, you know, two months ago where he was locked in as a first rounder, but um, still a, a very uh, desired asset in dynasty. Yeah. I'm with Ryan and I do think it's a big deal. Like you're getting already getting rid of the, the uh, mental anguish of, of throwing him in your lineup every week and, <laughs> and seeing those like 7.5 points or whatever it is. Uh, and, and so it'll fade away even quicker once we hit uh, the non-point scoring season, since you've already, he's already be, be kind of out of mind that, you know, his poor performance. The one thing that does scare me is that they are winning too much. Um, which means Arthur Smith could be back next year. Um, and Arthur Smith, oh, I mean, doesn't I, think, seem... I think that's a lock at this point. Yeah. So, and the, Arthur Smith doesn't seem to know what to do with Kyle Pitts and Drake London. So, I mean, part of that is Marcus Mariota, but I, I don't know that a rookie quarterback is going to come in year one and change everything, too. So, I agree with Ryan that I don't think it's going to hurt his value, but I still think next year we could still be like having the same conversation. Like, what? When is the Kyle Pitts breakout coming? Yeah, and I think more than anything else, it's the anecdotal and emotional throwing of hands in the air by by fantasy players more than the actual value change of what this injury does. Because I completely agree with everything you two have said. Halfway through this season, even more than halfway through this season, like we've kind of wrote off that offense. It's like, all right, this isn't going to happen. They don't want it to happen. So cool, fine. I feel like London and Pitts' value suffered a bit, but then it's sure. just been like going. And it then just comes down to the players in your league and how much they're willing to sit with it. So, I mean, I guess what's the price? Like what would make you say, all right, let me let me go try and see if I can acquire Kyle Pitts right now. Like, are you paying two firsts for Kyle Pitts right now? I'm not, uh, I probably wasn't previously, you know, um, I mean, the thing with Pitts is he just turned 22 years old. Right. And is this going to all be better next year? No. I mean, I think Rocky made a good point that not only is that coaching staff likely to be back and, and honestly deserves to be back with the job they've done. Marcus Mariota could be back as well. I'm not <laughs> sure what his contract status is, but um, as Don't much say as that, Ryan. <laughs> like it's it's the reality. You're right. They're not they're not going to have you know they're not getting CJ yeah. Stroud. They're no, not getting no. um, uh, they're not getting Bryce Young. Right. Like it's it, it could be Mariota again. <laughs> so even if it's, I mean, this is like scary to think about. Even if it's three years from now, right? 
He's before, still not at his peak age. <laughs> right. If it's if we're sitting here three years from now and they've got a top five quarterback in the league and they've got a new coaching staff that we're excited about or that has proven to to maximize uh, upside and, and potential of uh, of offensive players. Kyle Pitts is still 25 years old. Like, I mean, this is just a case of us being a little impatient, honestly, us being dynasty managers. Anything so I'm, I'm not buying. I, I think the price could, uh, could continue to drop, honestly. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think I'm with. I don't know. I don't know if it does drop. Maybe. I mean, if we see a third year in a row where, and I mean, last year was actually probably better than this year. Um, but if we see a third yeah, year in a sure. row of of you know relatively mediocre production, I think it could drop. And I just I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to pay for the two firsts, for, especially two twenty three firsts uh, for for Kyle Pitts. Um, waiting for probably like we're saying at least two more years to, to, to see anything come of that. I, 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 I just, I'd want points. So um, I, I get the value and he, he likely will hold value mostly. Um, but, but I, yeah, I just, I, I don't think there's enough there yet to, I mean, to... sorry, rock. It, I mean, isn't the thesis here or wasn't the thesis with pits over the past year and a half that, He's so, so special that he, we don't have to wait on him, right? That he's Jamar Chase as a tight end. And we yeah. now we know he's not. Like, he's not that. Because now we're a year and a half in and he hasn't produced. And I know, I mean, I know the thousand yard season as a rookie. And I know, yeah. I mean, that's, we're not, we're not ignoring that. That's, that means something. But he's also not a difference maker. He hasn't been a difference maker a single time in his NFL career. I mean, he, he took 17 games to get to a thousand yards. He scored one touchdown as a rookie. Um, he, I mean, he's been okay and there's still a lot of, you know, there's still a lot of hope for him to hit that upside eventually. But the idea behind spending a first round uh, startup pick on him was that he was going to give it, give that production to you right now. And he was going to be a difference maker and he was going to, um, you know, he was, he was going to set himself apart from every other tight end, even Kelsey and Andrews. I mean, even in redraft leagues, he was going ahead of Kelsey and Andrews that this year, which that just, <laughs> I mean, it's obviously hindsight right now, but that that's crazy. Like, I will say, I mean, he was dropped into a worse situation than than say a Jamar Chase was, uh, and as we talked about the coaching staff, and I mean, I can't blame them. They're, I mean, they're not, you know, uh, you know, six and you know, seven and three or something like that, but they are relatively winning compared to what was expected of them, um, doing it the way they're doing. So I can't, I can't blame them for 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 whatever they're doing, uh, and and not using him as much and and starting Mariota when he keeps winning games. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I still think uh, that, like I said, Jamar Chase, you know, he had he had a T. Higgins across from him. He had a Joe Burrow throwing to him. So I still think the talent is there. He's just in a much worse situation. And But to your point, I mean, we're going to have to wait a while for that situation to improve. I mean, all I'm saying is Travis Kelsey wasn't Travis Kelsey until after a knee injury in the NFL. So – 
Kyle Pitts got his knee injury. He's going to come back. He's going to be trapped. Okay. Right. That's that's how it works. Uh, The last one is a little less ground shaking, but still sad nonetheless. Wondell Robinson tore his ACL. Speak for yourself. (laughs) Okay. It was Ryan loves him some Wondell. We don't get many. uh, We don't get many Kentucky Wildcats to cheer for in the NFL. So when I still uh, have. Oh man, Lynn Bowden on a bunch of my rosters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's th- that one didn't work out. Benny Snell didn't really work out, although we kind of we kind of knew that wouldn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean the the Robinson injury is super disappointing. Yeah. Um, it, in part because it comes in it comes on the same day as as this breakout game that he was having. Um where he had his first 100-yard game of his career. He had his first, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, first wide receiver one game of his career. And, I, I mean, he's not going to be he's not going to be the wide receiver one for the Giants, really, ever. He shouldn't be, at least. You know, he doesn't he doesn't fit that profile, but he can uh, he can tear it up in the slot. Uh, I think we've already seen that in, in between uh, the, the two injuries that he's suffered. And, and now it's it's a waiting game. Um, unfortunately, as I said earlier, with those ACLs, it's it's a little scary, and especially an injury that takes place at this point in the season. You know, it probably means a pup uh, a pup list uh, for him to start the twenty twenty three season. And if you look at Robinson as not your prototypical wide receiver one, just as you know, maybe the upside, maybe the fantasy upside is uh, Hunter Renfro. 2020 uh what 2021 season if that's the upside if you can sell for a second i think you have to do that yeah i mean i got nothing to add to that same yeah i agree with ryan he's a smart man (laughs) that one hurts sometimes all right so we are that that's the news we are moving on so ryan as our guest would you like to do listener questions or trade addicts trades first Oh, let's let's talk trade. We're here to talk trade, right? Always. Trade Addicts Leagues are 12-team super flex PPR tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception and 0.05 points for return yardage except for TA1, where we have a TA1 trade. And that TA1 trade is A.J. Dillon and a third for Kenyon Drake and Deonta Foreman. I don't, like... I think I put this on the sheet, even though it's not really worth talking about because the entire thing just made me sad. Like I was part of this trade and I have a team. My TA one team is trash uh, on purpose. I finally got, you know, I trade my first away way too quick. And then it took me a lot of arguing, but I finally got it back in this league. So I tore my team down, but I was still sitting there with Kenyon Drake and Deonta Foreman because I couldn't get rid of them. You know, no matter how many 20-point games Deonta Foreman puts up, he feels like putting up a four-point game after it, which still seems to see his, <laughs> be his pattern. Uh, so someone offered me A.J. Dillon and a third for Kenyon Drake and Deonta Foreman. And I was literally just like, someone sent me an offer for these guys. I'm just going to take it, even though I have no interest in A.J. Dillon anymore. <laughs> so my, my the reason I put this on here is if you're sitting here and I'm going to use the phrase stuck with Deonta Foreman still on your team, even if you don't want him there. Is there any real, short of not having a trade deadline and someone getting hurt in the playoffs, is there something better out there than A.J. Dillon or a third for Deonta Foreman right now? Like, Do you see a world where 
there's a second coming to you for Deonta Foreman? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I think, and, and AJ Dillon has, has certainly lost some value this year as well, but I think you did great on, on this trade. Um, I mean, I get it from the other manager's perspective as well, assuming, uh, that, that they are contending and, and yep. needing to, you know, needing to plug some holes at running back with, with a couple of guys who, you know, are okay starters, uh, for the next couple of weeks, at least. So I, I get it. Um, but from your standpoint, rebuilding, trying to cash out on these um, these short term assets, uh, the you know I call them uh, I call them shelf life, right? Like I mean Drake and and Foreman, very low shelf life. Obviously, it's it's going to be four or five more weeks, and and they're done. They're going to hit waiver wires. Maybe they come back and do the same thing again next year. Players like that seem to do that. Foreman did it last year with the Titans. Um, but I, I think you came out really, really well here. I'm with Ryan. I, I, I think this is. I, I'm not really into Dylan either, Russ. But I think this is a really solid return. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he, he hasn't performed that well this year. The Packers' the whole offense is underperformed. But he, he looked solid last year. And Aaron Jones is isn't any spring chicken anymore. So uh, he's probably going to be even more involved next year. Uh, when, well, I'm what were you going to say? Ryan. Yeah, sorry. I keep cutting you off, Rocky. Um, I mean, I think when you're it's making fine. trades like practice this, on this show to cut off Rocky, so don't worry about it. Yeah, do it. I'm, I'm gonna do it on purpose. Um <laughs> when you're making trades like this and you're in this position, I think you did the right thing because you you look at the offer and you think, I don't I don't want AJ Dillon, he's he's been terrible this year, whatever. But your real goal here is get pieces that could gain value, right? right? And I mean, if if uh, if Aaron Jones is cut in the off season for a uh, for a contract uh, to to save on contract, now AJ Dillon is, can suddenly get you a high second rounder, and Drake's not getting you a second rounder, Foreman's not getting you a high second rounder, and and obviously we can always talk ourselves into those draft picks gaining value, and even if it's not a third, maybe you package a couple thirds to get to the second, like. There, there's a lot of ways to see you winning this deal. That that last part there was literally what I said to myself. I have no interest in Dylan, but if something does happen with Aaron Jones, maybe I can grab a second out of someone. And I think like, even if something I, doesn't happen to Jones, you could eventually possibly grab a second out of someone. Like, it, yeah, it, it, you're never, you're throughout the entirety of 2023 you're going to get more than you'll ever get for Kenyon Drake and Dante Deontay Foreman I think so yeah. yeah I mean if if Aaron Jones gets hurt this weekend and not even not even a serious injury yeah. you know knock on wood we don't we don't wish that on anybody but yep. if he turns his ankle you can flip AJ Dillon for a second rounder the next day yep yeah and, and another reason I do did want to put this on here is when it comes to rebuilding, I am very firm in my stance of you build around wide receivers and quarterbacks, but that's not to say you can't do a trade like this where you are just pulling on assets that we've been talking about, like AJ Dillon, where your goal isn't necessarily to keep this guy on your team. Like you're not using him as a building point, as a core player on your team, but the real point, the real goal of rebuilding is what Ryan said, literally just to keep gaining value. And Drake and Foreman ain't doing it. Picks and fingers crossed AJ Dillon will. 
Uh, so again, like it was one of those trades where you're just like, all right, cool. I made a trade that makes me happy, but this trade itself wasn't anything to be happy about. But you know what? You know what does really make me happy, Rocky? I do. Do you think after maybe like we do the sleeper trade of the week like a hundred times you'll ever stop doing that dance? Literally, we'll never stop dancing. To that song. <laughs> Ryan does Listen, not every do single week. week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, sleeper trade of the week is from Trade Addicts Three, and it is Kyler Murray and a third for Kirk Cousins, TJ Hawkinson, and a second. Now, besides the fact that this was a terrible week to trade for Kirk Cousins, all that matters is I got Rocky to pay up for a quarterback. So that is why this is the sleeper trade of the week. I had to emphasize this trade because it's been like a lifelong mission of mine to make Rocky go against his usual strategies. And it took like four years but i didn't i mean this isn't entirely against my usual strategies because this is a rebuilding team and i'm more i'm more willing to do this when i when i'm rebuilding i do i will put more into the quarterbacks so that i you know because they will hold value young young quarterbacks will hold value and i i am higher on kyler than most as well so i i know he's not been great this year but i still see you know we talked about this yesterday i I still see the ceiling there going forward especially another guy i think might benefit from a coaching change uh and i don't think this was that much bad of a price to pay was the other part of it like Cousins and I, I like Hawk a lot, but he's, you know, he is what he is. He's going to be tight end five-ish, but not a, you know, a difference maker. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I had a couple different seconds and I love Kirk Cousins, but on, on a rebuilding team, I, I, you know, I, I'd rather have Kyler and I don't, I didn't think Hawkinson the second was that much to add on to him. Is it, so is this a trade between you two? Yes. yes. I got Kyler. Hmm. <laughs> Rocky won. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, I think Rocky won this one, and and I don't. I mean, I would echo what he said. I I don't think I don't think you got him to pay up for a quarterback. I think I think he got a nice deal. He was so anxious to get me to pay up for a quarterback. I didn't actually have to pay up for. Well, you paid multiple <laughs> players for a quarterback. So, hey, that that AJ Dillon trade was real good for you, yeah. real good. It's not about winning trades. It's about <laughs> making trades that are for the better of your team. And this probably wasn't for the better of my team. That uh, said, this is a good sign to emphasize that Kirk Cousins is eternally a low on QB1. Yes, he is not scoring <laughs> that many points less than Kyler. And I needed some point helps because I had some players get hurt. So I needed to break down. And it's Trade Addicts 3. I want to win Trade Addicts 3. I want to win Trade Addicts 2 more. But We've had Joe win twice in a row. I think so, yeah. And if not, it's three and four years. And then we have Ben, who's come in second place three years in a row. And he's had a ridiculous team the entire time, too. <laughs> like, this was a productive struggle team that would have made you proud, Ryan. Like, you would have looked at this and been like, yes, yes this he, is what I've been talking Like, he did totally it totally so beautifully. Yep. And then just kept coming in second place. Yeah. 
<laughs> it wasn't quite J Mike's team, but it was. It's pretty close. And, and yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's like honestly, it's why I did the trade. It was. It's really. I want. I was selling out for this year. I like what I see from. Again, completely. I mean, you don't even really have to take away this past week's game from Hawkinson. Just you take it away from Cousins because ever since coming to the Vikings, target-wise, 9, 10, and 9. And 9, 7, and 5 catches. But with that premium, it's really, really good. And while it's not going to be, okay, cool, now we're going to put Hawkinson in that top tier of tight ends, this might firmly plant him in that second tier for me, that tier where you are happy to put him in your starting lineup every week. But when he was on the Lions, you, you did not feel that way for the past three years you know i was hoping to say less than that but it really no like it, it's we wanted him to be a better thing than he ever was but like yeah i guess like he was kyle pitts before he was kyle P- before kyle pitts was kyle pitts um he wasn't as bad as kyle pitts has been this year yeah <laughs> that's but yeah. it's a horrible thing to say but yeah so i was i was happy to get that stuff in my lineup and that's really what it came down to i this was me pushing for this season and i i don't think cousins or Hawkinson production wise will fall off much next year. You know, Cousins will still be there. Hawkinson Great. will still be there. So I, I, I knew I wasn't getting the best possible price for Kyler, which I have found very difficult to get a good price for Kyler. But I was still happy with this. And another reason where it's just you don't have to win every trade. You do what you think is best for your team and. You give up a little value to do it sometimes, especially if you win, winning's worth it. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you win TA3, then it, you don't care that you gave away Kyler. But if I win TA2 and 3, I might just shut them all down after this. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. Just done. All right, well, that was the trade of the week brought to you by Sleeper Fantasy, the fastest growing fantasy football platform in the world. Join a new dynasty league or migrate yours to their platform and enjoy how easy they make it to manage all your leagues in one place. Join millions of players today on Sleeper, the number one fantasy football platform. Download the app today to get started. We have another TA3 trade, and this one was super interesting. It was not a rushed Cooper Cup trade. This one was just a couple of days ago and it was Christian Kirk and David Montgomery for Cooper cup and Isaiah McKenzie. So, you know, for, for Cooper cup, uh, Ryan, how do you feel about Cooper cup trades at this moment? And this one in particular, Christian Kirk and David Montgomery for Cooper cup. Um, well, I mean, if you have Cooper cup, you were almost certainly a contending team and, uh, yeah, you, you've got to take your shot, as we were talking about with, with the other trade. So trades like this have to happen. And, of course, they they don't look good on the surface based on what we know of the first eight weeks of the season. But uh, this is this is just kind of the reality. You, you'll probably hate it in uh, six weeks from now. But, again, if, if that helps you win the title, then, then it, it certainly would be worth it. I mean, Kirk is... Kirk has been a solid uh, wide receiver too this year. And, and, you know, it's, it's David Montgomery's time of year where he seems to flip that (laughs) switch and, and actually start producing. So uh, even though the bears have some questions, uh, Montgomery, I think is probably in line to, uh, to be a solid fantasy starter as well. So, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you would like to get more, but 
it, it's okay. It's fine. And not only is it his time of year, it's his time of year. And the uh, Coil Herbert, the the guy that was cutting into yep. his workload, just got put on IR. So it's really uh, setting up for for him to make a nice little run again. Uh, I, I'm not a big Montgomery guy, but he should get a lot of volume now. And and we both like Christian Kirk for us. So yeah. um, I I kind of don't hate this return, like Ryan said. You know, in season in in. In the non-point scoring season, this won't look good. Uh, but you know, it's we've talked about it. it's hard. It's hard to trade Cup right now. It's it's hard to figure out what you can get for him. Who, who's going to actually uh, buy him? You know, the, you need a certain type of team, a certain type of manager that's willing to to buy an injured thirty uh, year thirty year old receiver that's probably not going to play the rest of the year. So, uh, so yeah, I, I I'm fine with it. I think it's a pretty fair trade. What if you've got a a super team? You know, you're you're the number one team in the league, maybe the number two team in the league, and you've got Christian Kirk as your fourth or fifth guy, and David Montgomery as your fourth or fifth guy. Are you making this trade? Are you buying Cup? I would, because I would expect that super team to be good next year too. Right. Yeah, um, part of me would be terrified to do it because I know I yeah, would make that trade and then three of my guys get hurt. And then uh, yeah. I, you know, turn that shower all the way as hot as it goes and just crawl right in the ball and start crying. But it is like, that's that's how you build the dynasty, right? That's the smart move you make. So yeah, like that is absolutely the kind of, like I just pulled up the trade finder and put it in Cooper Cup because I was, I was curious what the trades look like these days. First of all, there are a lot of, Cooper Cup trades in IDP leagues. I don't know what is going on, but the first <laughs> like five lines have IDP players in them. Um, Filter those out. Yeah. Uh, listen to this. Cooper Cup for Gabe Davis, Odell Beckham, and a third. E. E. I love this one. Cooper Cup and a second for Jalen Waddle. I would do that I, so I fast. Would, uh, yeah. I, I might have done that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I, think I, did, I think I traded Cup for Waddle Plus earlier this year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we have a couple of Cup for Devonta Smith, Cup for DeAndre Hopkins, wow. uh, Cup for Devonta Adams. Oh, boy. Cooper Cup and Eno Benjamin for Tony Pollard and Zay Jones. <laughs> now, I get that Tony Pollard is scoring. Yeah, we talked points. about that one. Uh, today as well and yeah it's it's not enough that's not enough no <laughs> oh a cup and a third for saquon barkley all day yeah i would do that yeah all right we have our last trade in trade from trade addict six it is gabe davis a 24 first and 23 third for andy dalton terry mclaurin and tyler higby Uh, I want I want Gabe Davis and picks. You knew I would say that, though, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but it doesn't matter because you at least chose my side in two out of the three trades <laughs> that I was on this list for. And just to there point out, go. I was on three out of the four trades on this sheet. <laughs> yeah, I'm with I'm with Ryan. It's it's kind of a lot of mediocrity there. Uh, so I'll take the side with the 24 first, like literally. Everyone in that trade is is kind of I, I like Terry McLaurin, but he's basically mediocre for for a wide receiver at this point. He's like, I mean, a, would you cross off Gabe Davis and Terry McLaurin? Like, do you think that's 
kind of equal. I, I value McLaurin a little higher, but not much. You know, not a ton. It, not a first. Not a first worth. Yes, definitely not a first. And, and you know, Higby's just a guy. Uh, you know, and Andy Dalton, just a guy Dalton. that's like the tight end four right now. Just to put it out there. Yeah, that was such an eye roll, Rocky. Wow. <laughs> I needed to point that out for the people that are listening well, to this. What Just, was he last year? Like tight end 17 or something like that? Like he's he's well, not like going to be tight end four next tight year. End, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this was my team, which rebuilding is the wrong word because I don't have my first, so I can't full on rebuild. But this was to a team that is competing. And when you are competing in TA6 with the super team of J Mike's, mm-hmm. You know, you take on what you can, and he had either Goddard or Waller. So that's how this started, me throwing Higby and seeing what I can get out of it. And then I'm just like, all right, well, Gabe Davis is a nice young piece that I can get on my team that would help uh, score some points and then also help in a rebuild. All right, cool, cool. And then it just got bigger, and, like, he needed a quarterback, so I threw an Andy Dalton just to hope it made him hit the accept button, and it did. So I was pretty happy about it. I thought it was a little in my favor, but again, it's one of those things where if he wins, it's worth it. And since somehow no one in that league will buy my my crappy team's running backs that I don't want. Yeah, don't, are, don't you I still have, have Josh Jacobs on your team? I have Josh Jacobs. I have Tony Pollard. I have uh, oh, I, I have your 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 guy Kenyon Drake that you you moved earlier. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have a bunch of these guys that I don't want on my team, and that sounds like buying. a first place uh, first place roster. I know <laughs> uh, the rest of it, uh, yeah, and they're they're not that good, and the rest of it's even worse. So, um, but but I can't get rid of these running backs that uh that 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 are producing now, and nobody nobody seems to want them. I think because they figure J Mike's just going to win anyway. And then J. Mike, of course, is sitting there saying he's going to lose. So, <laughs> yeah, hey, he just yeah, he doesn't want to jinx it. I would never do it either. Like I, yeah. I don't trash talk because I know that just means I lose. So the only time I trash talk is when it doesn't matter if I win or not because then I might actually stand a chance of winning anyway. But <laughs> if it's important, never trash talk. That was our last trade. So we're going to move on to our listener questions. The first one at John Erickson one hundred seven. His slash yours top 12 incoming rookies at the moment in Superflex. Um, I guess I don't really, what is, do you, what's your rookie process, Ryan? You know, what's that look like? When's it start? And do you have a rankings at all yet? Um, so it's, it's changed a lot over the years um, for different reasons. I, I feel like I used to be, um, you know, I kind of used to be in that Devi club uh, uh, with, with, uh, several others that follow, followed it closely, followed college football closely, even, you know, recruiting and, and things like that. And, um, as you know, as my role at DLF has changed as just things change in life in general, uh, that's, that's kind of been one of the things that has fallen off a little bit. So I don't keep up with college football, uh, and, uh, and really the Devi the Devi piece of the game as much as I used to. Um, that just means that it's almost crunch time, right? Like, like a lot of dynasty players, uh, as soon as January gets here, if not, uh, if not a little bit before I've got to, uh, study hard and, and try to play catch up to all those people who are playing Devi, uh, playing college fantasy football, watching recruiting closely. Um, so I don't have, uh, 
I, I don't have published Devi rankings currently, um, or or even private Devi rankings. <laughs> but we, you know, we could still talk through um, certainly the top twelve guys or the the top guys. Um, and I mean, this I don't know. I don't know if the you guys might have to cut this because it's, um, you know. I don't know if it's even okay to say on a podcast, but I'm starting to think this 23 class is a little overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just feel like those, those top names outside of B. John Robinson have all lost a little bit of value, right? I mean, uh, Keishon Butte, the wide receiver from LSU, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver from Ohio state. We thought those were the top two guys coming in. Both have, have have struggled a little bit. Injuries, um, some some questions on offense, battling uh, their own uh, teammates. As far as uh, especially at Ohio State, they just they're just loaded. Obviously, um, yeah. I, I just I don't know if it's quite as good as we thought it was. Um, Young, Stroud. I think there's more questions about those guys maybe than we thought there would be. And I think there's a big drop off after those two. Uh, my guy at Kentucky, Will Levis, has gotten a lot of hype. I'm, you know, I watch him every week, and I don't, I don't see that. If he's a first rounder in the NFL draft, I would be shocked. Um, Hendon Hooker is a, is another quarterback who's played well. Of course, now has the ACL injury that's going to hurt his value. I, I just don't, I just don't see it. I mean, we we've got big drop-offs. The top of the draft is going to be great. If you've got a top six or eight pick, you're still, you're still sitting pretty. Um, and, and I mean, the depth of these classes always comes, you know, through that pre-draft process that we find guys like Elijah Moore, who goes from a third rounder to a first rounder. So we're going to have those guys. I don't know who they are yet. I wish I did. Um, but I, I just, I think there's like this mystical uh, thought process about the the 2023 rookies and just just not quite as good as i'd hoped they they would be at least right now yeah i don't i, I usually do most of my rookie stuff in the offseason in the past couple of years i have started kind of like i said trying to watch guys more and stuff so i i don't really have any kind of rankings or anything like that myself um but it, you're making i know one of the guys in our, our uh, Patreon chat, the Cool Kids Club, um, has been saying the same exact thing, Ryan, uh, from TA9, that the, he's, he's going to be happy to hear you. It's almost exactly word for word what he's been saying. The top end still looks really nice. Uh, the receiving class uh, is not living up to what he expected, and he's saying they're overrated. So you're pretty much dead on to what he's been saying. So he'll enjoy listening to to that last bit that you had. So we, we, will, we will not be cutting it just for Ryan. So... Um, <laughs> Another and I mean, Ryan, a wide receiver, <laughs> you know, we, I've, I've, if you're talking to the top prospects, the top rookies from that class, the wide receivers that have stepped up and gained value, Addison from, um, yeah, from USC, uh, Johnston from TCU, both of those guys, those, th- they might be one, two right now. You know, they, they may have both overtaken, uh, uh, JSN and, and Butte, um, and then Josh Downs has been great from UNC as well. Uh, good, good chance all five of those are, are first rounders in uh, at least in single quarterback leagues. And I really just think Ryan, not you, Ryan, Ryan from Trade Addicts Nine said that because he traded away all of his picks to try and compete in Trade Addicts Nine, <laughs> so he's trying to make himself feel better about it. Maybe. 
I have no process and no rookie evaluations. I wait until Zach and J Mike do theirs. And I listen to the dynasty dummies, rookie hootenannies, and they tell me what to think. That's, so, that's not a bad process. I got, I got, so I can help on this question. So those, we're going to move on to the next Those guys are pretty good. Yeah, oh, yes, they are. Uh, at the boys underscore 22. What has been the best part about being a dad? Oh my gosh. Um, I think it's probably different. It's probably a different answer for my, for my my different children. I have three. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about Grayson on Twitter and and everything else. Grayson is nine years old in the fourth grade, and uh, Gray has Down syndrome and has more style um, than I ever will. <laughs> he, he's pretty great. Um, you know, I mean his his story is obviously different from most kids and from my other kids. Um, but over, I mean, just overcoming already, obviously seeing him overcome, he had open heart surgery when he was four months old. Um, and, and of course the, you know, expected challenges that come with, um, with having down syndrome, he, he struggles to read compared to his peers. He struggles with math compared to his peers. Um, but seeing him overcome and seeing him try those things is, is pretty awesome. Uh, my other, my other two kids are teenagers, 13 and, and 15. And uh, really seeing them have interest and excel in things that, um, that I never could do, never have done. Uh, my son is a awesome musician can, can play any instrument that, that he picks up literally. Um, so seeing him thrive with with music, my daughter is an artist. I mean, both of those are like that. <laughs> I just I just have no artistic uh, strengths at all when it comes to uh, visual art or, or or music. So to see those those uh, those two uh, really excel is, is very cool. And um, and honestly, seeing the way that they have kind of uh, helped out and and been in in-house therapy for Grayson has been pretty cool as well. I assume I should answer this question since I even talked about well, four yeah. kids. Uh, <laughs> and Got to one-up me there. Yeah, I do agree. <laughs> it, it can be kind of different uh, for each kid. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, um, kind of what might sum it up for all four of them to me is just kind of the coolest thing about being a dad is uh you know they're so awesome as little kids um and, and all the love they have for you and then and then just to see them kind of turn into these actual people like they're these little little beings that you have to control and, and discipline and and all this and feed and all this that and, and like i have a 21 year old and a 20 year old and they're actually like adult people that i can like relate to on that level so that's pretty cool and and, and and then I have my, my, my youngest is an 11 year old and he's the only one I managed to get in fantasy football. So that's the other great thing about being a dad <laughs> is having a fellow fantasy football player in the family now. And, uh, and he's, uh, we got in a free league, uh, with some other, uh, content creators, uh, on, on sleeper and, uh, he is kicking my butt in that league, by the way. So <laughs> I'm like, I think like three and seven and he's like eight and two or something, or I guess a, a, a nine and but two. You're letting him win. That's really nice. Exactly. That's it. I was just yeah, yeah. like, yeah. It's, it's really funny. Cause I mean, I, I only have two kids, Ryan. I didn't want to even 
equal you, no less one yeah. of you. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's totally why I only have two. Uh, <laughs> like almost everything that the the two of them have said already, like a combination of both, where it's amazing to see these little people like turn in from these like infants are literally just like crying potatoes. <laughs> like they can't move. They can't do anything for themselves and they scream. That's what they do. But like, I am a human being that has had like zero pride ever. You know, I have talked very openly about all of my wonderful me- mental health issues, but then like these things came into the world and it's just like, yeah, that, that my kid just did that. My, my two-year-old just made fun of me in a brilliant way and <laughs> like my heart is glowing um oh my four-year-old just trash talked me in mario kart and i'm about to put him <laughs> in his place yeah <laughs> and like so like you just be like them growing into these things and um i i love that like what ryan said when your kids get into and get very good at things that like you could never like do yourself is very very cool and the complete and other opposite part where my son decided to play the trombone and I played the trombone for like five years. Of course, that was 20 years ago. But like, it's like a thing, like he asks me for help and it's like he, like the shine in his eyes while asking me questions. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, what I don't remember, but I can't say that. What am I doing? <laughs> you know, but it's still, it's just like, daddy, daddy, show me how to hold this again. Like, how do I do that? How do I, well, it was just like, let me show you, boy. <laughs> and and then like my daughter who's a gigantic loves harry potter and me too so like having someone to just completely geek out with stuff i love to geek out about and it's just it it's so tiring oh my god it's exhausting <laughs> 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 let's just just let's just put that out there for anyone that's like that sounds amazing i'm gonna go do that it is so much work <laughs> don't, yes, don't want to sugarcoat it too much. all right but let, let's let's move on before we just talk in the next hour about children because i could end up doing that uh, some guy named at tacit assassin 13 i want to know what the best question ryan has ever been asked while guesting on a podcast is um this might be it i, I don't know uh, yeah. man i i really have a terrible memory uh when it comes to stuff like this but i uh i can always count on zach to have have good questions yep um if he had also if he had one piece of advice for a beginning dynasty player what would it be what about for a veteran player you know i mean it would probably be it would probably be the same for both honestly because i just always go back to activity you know i think the more active you are in your league um the more fun it's going to be, the more engaged you're going to be, the more friendships you're going to make. And in most cases, the better your team is going to be. You know, if you're staying on top of the news, you're active on the waiver wire, you're talking trades every day. Um, I mean, to me, that's just all part of the process. So if you are, uh, if, if you're in a, in a dynasty league and, you know, you're just kind of going through the motions and you're skipping waivers and you're submitting your lineup on Sunday morning and that's it. Then you're, you're not getting much out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought about this and then my usual first piece of advice to anyone is don't forget to just have fun, Yeah, you know, especially when you're a beginner, but even when you've been playing forever, 
you overthink things so much to the point where it becomes stressful. And this is a game. <laughs> like, let's first and foremost not forget that. Of course, if you're playing in a league that has like a $1,500 buy-in, you better start stressing over that. <laughs> like, yeah, you do that. But I mean, at least me personally, like all of my leagues, like my most expensive league is $50. Like I, I play low dollars, high amounts of leagues for the pure reason of, I don't want to have to overthink it. I want to be able to just go have fun and do stupid things and trade Kyler Murray for Kirk Cousins and TJ Hawkinson and not like be beating myself up over it. And I mean that, that again, it's the same for beginners and, and veterans. I don't think you need to treat them differently that it's really just like, don't forget after all that this is for fun and, like, I know if you ever ask the question to Zach, what are you looking for in a league? If you were to join a league, his answer is, tell me who's in the league. You know, I don't yep. care about the rest. Yep, absolutely. So it really is about the people, is about the fun and all of that. And it's very easy to lose sight of that. Um, he also, he ends this with by saying, also, why is Grayson so awesome? uh he really is i I wish i could take more credit for that but uh i'll see i was about to say the dad line in there is because he has me as a dad like i I heard my dad's voice saying (laughs) i uh no i'll I'll give credit to my wife for that one and and uh and just just to grayson himself but yeah he's he's pretty awesome yep and oh I, i i ended my tweet by asking if you were able to just play hooky from from work from one day what would you do and he ends this by saying also i am skipping work tomorrow booking my disney dining reservations making waffles with my boys then we're going to the movies thanks for asking russ you're welcome Zach. <laughs> why didn't you tell me what movie you were going to see i mean come on i yeah. think they're marvel so they might be going to see uh Wakanda black Forever. panther yeah, yeah i need to see that too maybe i'll take off of work tomorrow and go see that my boss. Yeah, we. I'm good. Well, I took I took my kids to see that last weekend. It was it was great. The last question on the sheet at KP Poker KP Tony Pollard value question mark question mark. Mm. I have him on multiple rebuilds and I'm having trouble getting more than a single late twenty three second. Well, that's I mean, all Russ thinks he's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Rocky bad trade offers just for the fun of it. Um, but like, I guess that like, let's just ask the first question: What is Tony? Pollard's value right now to you, Ryan? Uh, well, he's he's definitely worth more than a late second. Um, we actually did a dynasty value study on Tony Pollard on um, this week's Locked On Dynasty. So uh, go check that out. We look at we look at rankings and ADP and trades that have happened. Um, you know, he's he's uh, he's kind of in flux here as as far as his value because obviously he's he's had this breakout past two to three games. Um, but now Zeke's back. So I think what we saw on Sunday, I mean, he's not going to be the RB one every week, but I think what we saw last Sunday is, is going to be kind of a representation of the rest of the season. Um, Dallas is short on pass catchers, uh, after, uh, after lamb and Schultz, they need Tony Pollard, right? They can't afford just to go back to Zeke as, as the uh, workhorse back. So I think we'll continue to see Tony Pollard play a major role in this offense. You can start him in, in your fantasy lineup every single week, in my opinion. And at the end of the year, he's an unrestricted free agent. So he's either going to a new team where, where he's picking the spot. He's going to be in a um, hopefully an ideal location for him to continue to succeed 
Or I think, you know, I think he could get tagged. I think Dallas could franchise tag him, move on from Zeke. They do have an out on that contract. Um, that would, as far as Pollard goes and his dynasty value, that would be fine as well. Probably best case scenario, right? Yeah. You know, staying on Dallas and Zeke maybe going away. But I, are you at a point where you're, would you pay 24 first for Tony Pollard on the competing team right now? And it's your 24 first, so you're assuming it's going to be the 112 next year. I mean, it's probably the same cop-out answer that I said earlier when we were talking about Jamison <laughs> Williams. I would I would try to aim higher than that. Um, actually, I would probably take my seconds and thirds and buy Kenyon Drake and, and Deontay Foreman. That's, that's more of my play uh, when shopping for running backs. Um, but I, I would, if I've got Tony Pollard, even as a, as a non-contender, I'm, I'm not selling him for a single second. Definitely not. All right. Well, Brock, tell me what it would actually take to get Tony Pollard off your team right now. I think we talked about it back when you sent that bad offer. Uh, I I was willing, I think, to do what what looked like a a high 23 second. Um, And what I really was trying to, and I think the counter I sent you was a 23 and a 24. I I would do two seconds. I, I, I don't think you can expect to get a first for him. Right. Uh, I wouldn't give a 24 first for him. So Would you I, give I, Cooper Cup? I would not give Cooper Cup. No. <laughs> what if it was Tony Pollard and Zay Jones? Well, yeah, I was going to say, remember there was somebody else there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I would hold on to Cooper Cup in that scenario. You know, we again, I'm stepping on all these podcasts I've done this week. That was actually one of the trades we talked about on the on the Dynasty Value Study. The others were, uh, you know, mostly that expensive. Pollard for Kittle, Pollard for Godwin, Pollard for Lockett. Uh, that was before last week's game. Uh, Pollard for Devontae Smith and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which is really just Devontae Smith, I, I guess, at this point. Yeah. But um, so sad the only one me. that makes sense to me in there is Lockett. Lockett is really the yeah. only one. And he's the same thing where the probably best offer you'll get for Lockett is a late second, even though he's producing way better than that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Pollard for Smith is pretty fair, honestly, for Devontae Smith. I could, I don't, man, I don't know if I could do that. I, I just, I like Devonta and like he's young and good and on a good offense. Like, but yeah, Pollard's going to be scoring points the rest yeah, of the season. But with, yeah. And I get it with AJ Brown there and, and the way that they can sometimes, uh, sometimes veer off of passing the ball too much because the running game's working or Jalen Hurts runs it like 12 times. Yeah. I, I, I get it, but I, I just, yeah, I, I'm I'm a bit of a Smith uh, fan myself. Just outside of my Eagles fandom, I, I love them coming out. So uh, even before the Eagles drafted them, so I I'd, I think I'd still stick with Smith, but I don't think it's crazy, you know. All right. Well, that is the end of our show sheet and the end of our show. Thank you, Ryan, for coming on. I am glad you are feeling better. I am glad you didn't change your mind after skipping out on us last week about coming on in general. Um. And yeah, why don't you remind everyone who you are, what you do, and where they could find what you do? Sure, sure. I'm glad to be feeling better as well. Glad to be on here with you guys. Uh, glad to come back anytime. Anytime you'll have me. Um, yep, you can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Check out all of my work at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Cool. All right. And our stuff, patreon.com slash tradeaddictspod. Like Rocky said, you can see my amazingly awesome sleeper trade of the week dance for the next hundred and 
300 episodes for as long as we're doing that song i'll be dancing we also have our awesome group me chat the cool kids club and fun stuff yeah right and ffpodshirts.storenv.com did you make the sfb playoffs did you not buy a shirt yet we can fix that problem we still have all of our sfb stuff up there and every single penny that goes in goes to fantasy cares and it i mean it's shopping time man you know we are getting ready to go and buy all them toys for all them kids so you get awesome stuff the kids will get some awesome stuff for the holidays everybody wins and as always i am going to be a winner right now because i am going to bed so good night everybody good night russ thank Thank you for for listening to the great addict podcast a member of the dls family of podcast and a proud member Dynasty Addict Podcast Network. We follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Addict. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan. Daddy's the best. <laughs> See ya.